Hi guys, hope you're all well. Welcome to Finding Yourself, the podcast series dedicated to movie, TV, sports and gaming. I'm your host Kyle Duffy and in today's episode I'm going to be speaking on true crime again. Every now and then I have episodes solely dedicated to true crime, documentaries, TV shows, stuff like that. I'm really enjoying talking about them and I hope you're enjoying the episodes too. Before I start in on the true crime talk, I want to give one or two brief updates on what's going on in the Premiership this week. In my last episode, I talked a lot about a few managers leaving clubs and the possibility of new hirings. The past week or so, both Norwich and Aston Villa have sacked their managers after a poor run of form in the Premiership. Norwich lie bottom of the table at the moment. As well as that, Aston Villa, after a few bad games under Dean Smith, have let him go and they've slipped into 16th place. So both teams are now looking, were looking for new managers as of yesterday or today, I think, it's official that Gerard, Stephen Gerrard, is the new manager of Aston Villa. I wanted to talk a bit on that. And in other news, Norwich have been linked with a move for Frank Lampard. He's one of the favourites to become the new manager at Norwich. So I wanted to give my opinion on that as well. First off, Stephen Gerrard, I think he showed his grit as a manager and his potential as a manager at Rangers. He had a very successful stint there. I think it was only a matter of time before he returned to the Premiership. In my mind, just as a football fan, I'm not a Liverpool fan, as a football fan, I think his pinnacle and his top of the mountain goal will be to become Liverpool manager. I think he was approached by Sky Sports a while back asking, you know, would would you ever want to become Liverpool manager? And this was just at the time that Klopp had gone on this amazing run of form with Liverpool. And he said that it's Klopp's time. I, I, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, I don't remember the real quote. But I think he was kind of letting on that now is not the time for him to achieve those goals. He needs to, and it was very pragmatic of him. It was a very um, realistic response. It wasn't like, yeah, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm offered the job tomorrow, I'd take it. He knows that Klopp is the right manager for Liverpool right now. And he said, maybe down the line, it'll be my turn and I'll be the right manager. But I want to gain more experience and that's been what he's doing you know Rangers had a great stint there like I said now managing Aston Villa it's going to be a challenge for him but I think he's up to the task he seems to be a very promising manager and he's a lot of potential again sometimes it works out players retiring from the game and then coming back as managers other times it doesn't but you're still fresh, you still have the mentality of a player, so you know what the players are going through, you know what they're thinking, and you're able to intervene in that way, and you know, that probably will come in use for him, that probably will be a big influence on how he talks to the players in the dressing room, and probably was an influence on how he talked to the players in the dressing room in Rangers, at Rangers, so yeah, I'm excited to see what comes from his managerial role in Aston Villa, who knows, this could be a godsend for Aston Villa. They could jump up the table, achieve European football. Or it could go up in flames and they could get relegated. It's all to play for and it's going to be very exciting to see how Steven Gerrard adapts to life in the Premiership and managing a very talented, let's face it, because they are a talented team. They're just in a bad run of form. They have good players who they've kind of invested in to replace Jack Grealish. And they have a good structure there that Dean Smith had set up. Like I said, when Dean Smith got the sack, there wasn't people cursing his name. There were people chanting his name because 
he achieved a lot of that club and he set a good foundation for them. I think they're just in a stage now where they're trying to transition to a life without Jack Grealish. They're trying to find their danger man again. And until a couple of players find a good run of form and someone in particular steps up to, steps up to the plate or even two or three players step up to the plate and are able to fill that void that Jack Grealish has left, they probably will struggle a bit to find that good run of form and get back into that attack mode of finishing games off and showing no mercy because Jack Grealish was a big part of that. He was able to finish games off. He was a great playmaker and he was a great finisher and they haven't fully lost that mentality. They still seem up to it but having that presence on the pitch makes a big difference. If you're an Aston Villa fan, I'd love to know your thoughts. I'd love to start a dialogue with you up on Anchor FM. You can always leave me a message on this episode. Let me know what you think about the hiring of Steven Gerrard. Are you excited for his reign? Are you sceptical? Are you cautiously optimistic? Let me know your thoughts. I want to move on and talk about the possibility of Norwich hiring Frank Lampard. So we'd have two league legends come back in as managers in the Premiership again. Obviously, Frank Lampard already having a stint in the Premiership with Chelsea so he has experience managing a team in the Premiership which is one thing he has over Steven Gerrard as a manager however no trophies at Chelsea during his reign there I think he got 18 months in total he reached an FA Cup final managed to solidify a fourth place finish for Chelsea in his season but again I think similar to other managers similar to I think David Moyes is a good example. The last night he managed to pull off a very impressive victory against Liverpool and he has made West Ham look phenomenal this season. They're currently in third place at the moment, I think, anyway. And certain managers perform very well at lower clubs. The underdog managers, I think I often refer to them as in my head. Yeah, I would refer to David Moyes as an underdog manager. He only does well when no one is expecting anything of him or when he's at a club where the expectations are lower because there's less pressure. He didn't seem to achieve much of note or didn't seem to really find his footing in Man United. And once he left there, he went to West Ham and he found his footing again. So maybe the same could be said about Frank Lampard. You know, he could work wonders with Norwich, get them back on a run of form and adapt well to the club who knows i'd love to know your opinion on it i'm very optimistic and excited about the fact that we could have frank lampard and steven gerrard going up against each other in matches be very entertaining let me know your opinion up on anchor fm again if you're an arch fan i'd love to start a dialogue with you up there you can leave me a message let me know are you excited about the prospect of having frank lampard as a manager would you want to go for someone else with a bit more experience when experience winning trophies and a bit more experience adapting to life in the relegation zone. I don't think Frank Lampard has has had to deal with that yet. Maybe he has, maybe I'm forgetting a stint in his Derby County career where he had to battle relegation. I don't know if he did or not. But would you want some would you want a manager who is used to battling relegation and can handle that pressure? Or are you excited about the idea of Frank Lampard becoming your manager? Let me know up on Anchor FM. I'd love to know your thoughts. It's going to be interesting to see how both Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard, if Frank Lampard takes the job at Norwich, how they handle the pressure of trying to stave off relegation. Again, Norwich are bottom of the table with five points 
and Aston Villa are just creeping ever slightly towards relegation in 16th place. Again, Steven Gerrard will have a bit more room to breathe and kind of adapt for the first few games, hopefully get a few wins and get him out of that position of 16th place up the table. But if Frank Lampard does take on the role at Norwich, he's going to have his work cut out for him. Okay, football is out of the way, into the true crime segment of the episode. Again, I hope you're all enjoying these true crime episodes. I'm enjoying doing them. Like I said, me and Leanne love watching true crime stuff. We're always looking for the next best show to watch up on Netflix or Now TV. And the two shows I want to talk about in particular today are The Jinx, which is a series, larger than life series, to be honest, up on Now TV. I think it's available. That's where I watched it anyway. And I want to talk about the TV show Dexter. Dexter is a TV show based on... It's not based on anything, actually. It's focused around a serial killer who also works for a crime lab in the police department. Very good show. There's eight seasons available. I think it's it was up on Netflix for a time. I remember I watched the whole season up there. Maybe you can get it on Amazon Prime now. I'm not sure. But there is new... It's actually been revitalized. There's a new show or a new season of it coming out. I don't know if it's out yet or not, but it's called Dexter New Blood. And if you're a Dexter fan, original Dexter fan, you'll love that show. Um, yeah, so I'm going to start with Dexter, obviously, because I've already introduced it. I watched all eight seasons of this, and I loved it. The show has 71% on Rotten Tomatoes and an 8.5 out of 10. I think it's an 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Let me double check that while I'm here. No, an 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb. So, good ratings for the show. It was released in 2006, and again, like I said, there's eight seasons of it, and... This there's some seasons that are slow to start, but most times this show is all go. It's very tense. It's very secretive the way the show is done. So just to go a bit more into depth about the background of the show, we follow Dexter. He's actually a blood splatter analyst with the forensics lab for the police department. So that is the perfect job for him. He's hiding in plain sight. And he's a serial killer, but he only kills other killers. He doesn't kill innocent people. He kills serial killers or killers that the police department he works for are tracking. And he makes it look like an accident or he makes it look like an overdose or something like that or a suicide or whatever to cover his tracks. But there is an element of eeriness and psychopathy to his killing. We get flashbacks Again, I'm just going to say spoilers in case you haven't seen the show. Again, like I said, this show gives us flashbacks to his childhood to allow us to understand why he is this way, why he has no empathy, why he is a merciless killer, and why he can't help but hurt people. He had trauma when he was younger. When he was a baby, his mother was murdered and he was found at the crime scene next to his mother. He's adopted by a sheriff who worked in the same police department that he grows up to work in and his father knows about his dark passenger that's what they his father actually calls it his dark passenger which is basically his psychopathy and his urge to kill people and he focuses his father helps him focus it in on the people who his father deems worthy of killing and that is obviously criminals and serial killers and rapists and stuff like that so his father actually says to him okay listen We need to focus this energy in so that your sister doesn't find out what is wrong with you and the feelings you have. You need to 
kill people who deserve it. And his father is actually there with him when he kills someone for the first time and teaches him how to do it in a way that doesn't leave any tracks. So that is the process that he keeps on repeating. You know, when he kills someone, it's not just like in the spur of the moment. He plans it out. He gets all the material he needs to make sure that there's no evidence left. And it's very much like an OCD killer. (laughs) So there's like cellophane wrap and there's duct tape and all this stuff. In that way, it is very eerie and very ominous and very methodical because he knows what he's doing. He's aware of it. He just can't help it. It's ingrained into him. And he doesn't understand human emotions as well. There is very funny scenes where he taught he's kind of narrating to himself and talking to himself in his mind being like okay how should i react here just smile and nod or just i i don't understand why she's angry but just say this you know that kind of way because human emotions to him he doesn't care it's not he doesn't understand him he just, just doesn't care about people and he has to keep up this facade that he does care and that he does feel human emotions like everyone else because if he doesn't keep up that facade and that persona then people are going to start asking questions and he'll easily be linked with things that he wouldn't be linked with before you know watching him keep up that persona is very entertaining at times because he does get tired of it and it is does make for some funny moments but overall this show is very entertaining it's very well shot by the way speaking of well shot the intro to this show is just so satisfying and it's it's basically his morning routine he gets up he makes breakfast and he like gets dressed for going to work but it's almost like asmr satisfying you know and it's a very satisfying opening how many times can i say satisfying in this yeah i love the opening to the show i love the show in general let me know what you think about this show, Dexter, if you've seen it. If you have, let me know your opinion. Did you love it or hate it? And if you hated it, let me know what parts you didn't like about it. Because there are parts in the show where I got kind of bored. And there are seasons where it does get very sluggish and the pacing is bad. They introduce characters that you don't really like or care about. And they go off on storylines and tangents that you're like, okay, get back to Dexter. But yeah, that's my overall kink not kink not my overall flaw with this is that like sometimes it moves away from dexter as a character and that's who you want to focus on because it's such an interesting character the actress who plays his sister in this show called deb she is a brash loudmouth cop very by the book basically the op every everything that dexter isn't and dexter still loves her still has this paternal instinct for her as well and she is the only connection in the world that he cares about and is the only thing that's keeping him human, basically. I think he often has episodes and scenes in this show where he's like, okay, I need to do this for Deb. I need to make sure that Deb doesn't find out. She's a big factor in why he doesn't just quit his job and go around the country killing people. So that is the only factor in his life for a good while that keeps him grounded as a person and doesn't allow him to fully let his dark passenger take over interesting fact about this show it started in 2006 and from 2008 to 2011 michael c hall who plays dexter and jennifer carpenter who plays deb were actually married in real life and on the show they have to play siblings so that must have been very weird they got divorced in 2011 
and the show was still running so obviously that must have been hard for them to show up to work every day and act on the same show as their ex-spouse but it didn't seem to affect them on the show because the show continued after that obviously they put out eight seasons in total and they must have settled their divorce amicably maybe it wasn't even a big blow up maybe it was just a natural end to things because even when I did learn that they were married I didn't learn they were married until after they were divorced when I saw that I was like I did a few deep dives on videos and background behind the scenes of certain things on the show and they were talking about their divorce and they seemed very friendly still so it must have been one of those things that it just didn't work out and normally you would think that kind of event would put a show on hiatus you know maybe the actors would want to take time to emotionally come down from that and rebuild themselves up mentally but I don't know I don't know if them getting divorced stopped anything on the show whether they just got on with it and didn't tell anyone or whether you know they were upfront with the makers of the show and blah 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 but I don't think it it mustn't have had a big effect on the show they must have put their differences aside or maybe like I said it didn't really seem to be a big fallout so maybe like I said it just ended naturally but yeah a little fun fact they were married while shooting the show while playing siblings which again must have been so super weird before I move on to talk about the jinx I want to quickly mention John Lickow's role in the show I thought he was amazing if you've seen the show you'll know what I'm talking about I only know him or would only know him from third rock from the sun I love him in that show I know him as a comedic actor so seeing him in Dexter it was kind of like flipping a switch for me I was like Jesus Christ he is so good again let me know what your thoughts are on the show if you've seen it let me know up on Anchor FM are you excited for Dexter New Blood are you going to give it a miss or are you going to binge watch it when it comes out and if you haven't seen the show take this as a recommendation and a sign to watch it it should be available up on Amazon Prime or Now TV possibly even Netflix depending on where you live in the world maybe it's up on netflix up in america or the uk or whatever at the moment i don't think it's up on netflix in ireland but if it does come up again i might re-watch it overall i would definitely recommend binging this show it is such a good watch especially if you're into true crime if you're into serial killer stuff this is in my opinion a very real representation of a serial killer in a show so i would definitely recommend giving it a watch if you haven't already the other show i want to talk about is jinx the life and deaths of robert durst very great watch in my opinion and it follows Robert Durst's life he is being interviewed about this and there's several charges that he escaped back in the 80s his wife went missing he was on trial for that they found him not guilty and then he arrives a couple of years later on a charge of murdering his neighbor and it goes through the in-depth life of Robert Durst his childhood contributing factors in his life that got him to the point where he was accused of murder and you're on the fence a lot of the time he is being interviewed about this and it got to the point where he actually had a movie made about his life i think it was starring kirsten dunst or something like that and he reached out to the director of that movie and said i want you to interview me because you have done research on my life for this movie and i want you to tell the story he up until this point for years avoided the media didn't talk about anything that happened and in this one interview he spills all and he tells everything from his point of view 
there are loads of twists and turns in this i don't want to spoil this i was comfortable talking in depth about dexter because it's an old show it's only been revitalized this year but i think it's past the deadline of like oh you can't spoil that dexter was re- released in 2006 so i feel okay talking in depth about that the jinx is such an in-depth and complex documentary in my opinion there's so much to dig into and i don't want to spoil any one thing for you if you do plan on watching it but i would just say give it a watch it is so grimy in places what i mean by grimy is robert durst the person is grimy as shit in my opinion he has this gravelly voice you don't know whether he is a psychopath or whether he is just emotionally wrecked from everything that happened you don't know whether he did or not but you have a feeling that he is capable of doing the things he was accused of in court and in charged for and it goes through his whole life it goes through all the cases all the charges against him and they have several people interviewed about this you know the cops that were taking the case at the time and you know the people that he was friends with and were friends with his wife friends with other friends that he had that were murdered and killed it seems that robert durst that's why it's called the jinx because he thinks he's a jinx and he even says in the documentary i'm never gonna i was never gonna have kids and that was a big contention with his wife the one that disappeared they got into fights several times because he said he didn't want to have kids because he would just jinx them and he would just jinx them because he jinxes everyone in his life his mother died when he was young and he was a black sheep of the family, basically. So I would definitely re- recommend watching this if you haven't already. It is such an interesting watch. Again, I just I don't know what I want to dive into in particular about this show. It is based on true life events. He was arrested for it. He was brought to trial, but he was proven innocent. And this show is actually the catalyst for charges being brought to him again. So I would definitely recommend, like I said before, sitting down, binging this series if you haven't already. I think it's available up on Netflix. It's not Netflix. It should be available up on Now TV to watch if you're in Europe. And if you're in America, maybe, I think, hopefully up on Netflix if it's available for you. The Jinx, The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst. Give it a watch if you haven't already. If you have seen The Jinx, let me know what you thought about it up on Anchor FM. It was released in 2015. Just give a bit of background on the show in case you're the type of person who needs to know the in-depth analysis of it and the ratings. It was released in 2015. It's a documentary series. There's one season. I think there's six episodes, which are all over an hour long. And it's 8 out of, 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb, a 7.3 out of 10 on Watch Documentaries, and a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, again, overall, people have really loved this show. So, I hope you love it too if you give it a watch. And again, I don't want to spoil it too much. I don't want to go into, into in-depth about things, because then that doesn't give you any motivation to watch it. Some people can't watch something if they know how it ends or if they know some something big happens because they just think, what's the point? Me, personally, I could watch a movie or a TV show no matter what has been spoiled for me, but that's just me personally. So I don't want to spoil anything for you just in case that kind of stops you from giving it a watch. So yeah, give it a watch up on Netflix if it's on your Netflix in your country or, again, I think it's up on Prime Video 
and now tv this is where i'm going to end today's episode i hope you all enjoyed it i'm really loving talking true crime on the podcast i hope you all enjoy listening to it i love watching true crime documentaries and i love talking about them so i'm going to continue to do that in future episodes again let me know if there's anything you want me to cover on the podcast any true crime stuff any tv shows or anything like that you can always leave me a message up on anchor fm i really want to expand my guest list on the podcast i want to have more people on i've actually reached out to a few friends and family members who i want on for the podcast and i just need to organize that i also want to get a handle on the two mic situations so we can be using two mics instead of the one i know if we use the one mic you can hear us fine but i want to master that for myself so i can just make this podcast as good as it can be and at the moment the one thing i want to master is learning how to use the two mics to record these episodes so that's what i'm going to try and do over the next couple of weeks again i hope you all enjoyed this episode my podcast finding yourself is always available to listen to up on anchor fm and spotify as well as that i have a youtube channel the finding yourself podcast where i post up highlights from each episode this has been finding yourself with kyle duffy thanks for listening